Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one and welcome all. It is Tuesday, December 5th, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is the Blog on the Boys Roundtable. You can watch us on any one of three different platforms, the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog on the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blog on the Boys Facebook page. We are, of course, live if you are here, obviously, at the live portion of the evening. You can catch the rewatch of these particular uh, places if you'd like to, if you're late, if you're tardy, if you're absent, whatever the case may be. You can also listen on the Blog on the Boys podcast network where you can get all sorts of shows every day of the week. In fact, you get two different shows Every single weekday, we do have a show on Saturday, of course, and obviously our post-game coverage on most Sundays. Uh, if you see, hear, read, listen to anything throughout the Blog on the Boys universe, you see, hear, read, and listen to the voices, words, um, tunes, whatever the case may be, of myself. I'm RJ Ochoa, and the three fine gentlemen joining me tonight for, I think, the fourth roundtable in a row. Uh, we go in clockwise order around here. Tony Catalina, you are up first. You complained that we did not have a roundtable the last Cowboys-Eagles week, Tony, because it fell on Halloween. Uh, lots of people, myself included, were trick-or-treating with their family. You said, I have a costume ready that I'm not going to get to show off. And here you are tonight ahead of Cowboys-Eagles, and you do not have the costume. So some people are saying you're a fraud. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait till next year. I had a, I had a good one, I, I promise you. I had a good one. Um, by the way, Tony, you do not get extra points, but I respect you wearing the 2015 Dallas Cowboys hoodie that had the hint of gold. That was such a great year to get any kind of gear, uh, the yeah. NFL's golden anniversary. So well done. David Hellman, you're wearing a normal hoodie, um, not gold, uh, unless you know it's like made of gold fabric, who knows, uh, or gold threads. We were talking about threads a little while ago. Uh, how are you feeling on this particular first Tuesday roundtable in December at Blog & Boys? I'm feeling good. I'm excited for the upcoming schedule here in December. Excited for uh, December. Mike McCarthy, he's generally been very good in the month of December throughout his career. Um, you know, much to Danny's chagrin, I'm sure. Um, but I'm excited to see this this team, how they're going to do in December, because the schedule is pretty tough, but I'm ready to see it. Uh, well, his successor in Green Bay is undefeated in December. Uh, that was told to us 5 million times on Sunday Night Football. I was really shocked that nobody took the low-hanging fruit of saying back to December with Taylor Swift um, in the house, obviously, watching the Kansas City Chiefs. That was for you, Hammond. Danny Phantom, uh, spoiler alert from Hammond, you are here. Um, how are you feeling? You said you were a little bit under the weather. Have you had some soup, any kind of fluid at this point in time of the day? I've had lots of fluid. Um, I, I have some soup waiting for me uh, after this uh, round table. Uh, but no, I mean, if I go into coughing fits, you know, that that's why it won't be because of anything Hellman says probably. Um, so, but uh, you know, I will say this to, to much of the chagrin. I, I really hope Mike McCarthy has a good December. Uh, I just want to put that out there. So uh, there's no confusion about that. I'm, I'm not that under the weather to where I, I would be thinking anything other than that. Uh, by the way, Danny, I can tell you, as you all know from personal experience, that our crowd is generally pretty patient when it comes to coughing fits. That has been my experience over the course of the last month. I do have to ask what soup is waiting for you, because now I'm curious. 
It's going to be vegetable beef, RJ. Not my cup of soup, personally, but I hope uh, it makes you feel... Tony, you made a face. You're not about that life either? Nah, I mean, I'm more of a chicken and corn chowder guy. That's my thing. That also sounds horrible. How many, I guess, what's your preferred soup while we're on the subject? I mean, I had uh, homemade chicken tortilla soup for dinner tonight. My so. man! There was we go. Delicious. All right. All right. Uh, strong start to the evening for Howman. He has 10 points uh, for his chicken tortilla soup take. Uh, Tony Catalina, Danny Phantom, you are both sitting on some goose eggs right now. If you're new around here, uh, shout out to those of you in the crowd. Brandon, we see you saying let's go. Kevin, we see you. Tony, can you give us the Dak Prescott? Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> It was better than what you usually offer uh, upon command. Going around terrible. Uh, Watsamata says, time for some football. Uh, and Watsamata, check this out, fella, said, I finally put this time slot in my calendar app because apparently YouTube notifications don't get to me in time. Uh, if you are subscribed to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, please make sure you are. Uh, you can enable notifications whenever we post new videos, whenever we go live, uh, although hopefully they're not as tardy for you as they are Watsamata. Uh, Watsamata also wanted us to know that they were heading downstairs to the libations. Kevin at Danny Phantom. Maybe that's what you need to hit up. Feeling a little bit under the weather. Rick Ursolini says, what's up, guys? Also offers a here we go. Howman, let's start with a question, and then we'll kind of get to tonight's prompt. Says, so apart from an outside chance of winning the NFC East and wanting to beat the Eagles, does this game really matter in the big picture? I think it definitely matters. I mean, this is for, for all the talk that's that's been going on about, you know, the Cowboys can't beat a team with a winning record and you know, there's a lot of debate about do the Seahawks actually count as having beaten a team with a winning record? I side with yes. But still, I mean, these are the Eagles. They, you know, they just got punked by the 49ers, but they've been one of the best teams record-wise all year. Um, I, I did get rid of the giant hands just for you. Um, but, I mean, they, they've been they've won so many games, and they've already beat the Cowboys. To be able to get revenge in Dallas, to prove that you can beat a team with a winning, with a winning record with a but by a, a big margin for a winning record, that would mean a lot. That would mean a lot just for the, the momentum heading into the playoff stretch. Um, and also, of course, it keeps the hope alive of being able to win the division, being able to potentially get that number one seed. Um, and it's just always nice to beat the Eagles. They deserve to lose. Tony Catalina, do you know the last time that the Philadelphia Eagles won at AT&T Stadium? I actually don't. Does anybody here? Because we're obviously talking about this game. Anybody have an idea? Uh, was it on like the week after Thanksgiving in 2017? It was 2017, but it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, the Cowboys, um, it might have been two weeks before actually. It was part of a three game stretch. Um, it was the Philly loss at ATT, um, the burning of Atlanta, as Jerry Jones coined it, um, and the Thanksgiving Day performance against the Chargers. That was the first time in Dallas Cowboys franchise history they scored single point or single digit points in three consecutive games um also uh fun fact uh, about the last time the cowboys lost to the eagles at at&t stadium was the night jerry jones was celebrated for going into the hall of fame a few months prior that i don't know if you guys know this was at the time the worst loss ever in the building for the cowboys so um if you think things aren't scripted think again um anyway uh do you know the last time tony that the eagles swept the cowboys which is what would happen if they were to win this game at at&t stadium i do not Howman, Danny, anybody. Come on, guys. You got to know your history. It's a big ride. It's got to go back further because even back in 2015, I remember one of our wins was Romo, the Romo yeah. win in week two. Yeah, when he got hurt. So oh, man. 2008. How about that? Not that far, um, but that did have 44 to six, which nobody wanted to remember. Thank you very much, Howman. Um, anybody have a guess? Not 2000. Tony, give us a guess. Howman and, and Danny least guessed. 
2012. I'm going to go 11 is my guess. You, Danny, and Fred Robert Casares Jr. are correct. It was 2011, the last time that the Dallas Cowboys were swept by the Philadelphia Eagles, which is at stake. A lot of things at stake, obviously, aside from the sweeping and the AT&T Stadium, you know, prowess against the Eagles. The AT&T Stadium prowess in general. The Cowboys have won 14 games in a row in their building. It would annoy us all greatly, Tony Catalina, if the Philadelphia Eagles were to end that streak. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we just talked about the fact that, um, you know, do we care about this game in the sense of like the NFC East and seeding? I argue, and at least this is my, my take on it is I care more about just beating another good football team, right? Proving that we belong. I know that we were, you had first and goal at the six yard line and we didn't come away with the victory. Um, the Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott specifically has been playing really well over the last month. Plus if they can go out and, and you know, defend the home and do what they've done all year. And really since last year and handle the Eagles at home, I think that feels really good for the for the morale, and I think it, it goes much further than just seeding. It just proves that, hey, like this team is who we think they are. Then go and handle business. Doesn't matter the opponent. Yeah, Danny, I think we're all on some level waiting for you know Lucy to pull this ball out from us, right? Like we're all like, what's going to be the moment? When are they going to slip up? Because even the loss to Philly, which was the last loss that the team have had wasn't Lucy yanking the ball away. I mean, there were some things right there, but it was a, a greatly played game from the Cowboys. They didn't get, you know, run out the building or anything like that. They just lost. And sometimes that happens in the NFL. And so if they were to stand tall and take care of business again, even in grimy fashion, like they did against the Seahawks, that would, I think, impress us all, even though we're all, you know, thinking pretty highly of this team at this point already. Well, for starters, I will say it felt like Lucy taking the ball out in that last game because I still haven't recovered from that fall. That is... That was a brutal, I mean, a brutal way to finish the game. But I absolutely agree with with both these guys. And even though I have a, a much different position position on, like, the Cowboys' chances of winning the East, and I've already kind of come to terms with that, but this is absolutely necessary for, for the Cowboys to – because this is something they can control. This is something that, you know, that they've, they've played better since the bye. So to be able to come up there and say, this is who we are, this is the team we are, regardless of what's happening outside of – you know the things we can't control. They come out there and they and they beat Philadelphia. It's it's paramount. This is it's huge. It's it's not even. I wouldn't even say it's just you know, it's important. It's very important. They need to come out there and they need to to beat Philadelphia because if the Cowboys are truly going to be one of the the legit contenders for the for the Super Bowl, they got to go out there and they got to beat this Philadelphia team. Uh, Danny, quickly, you are the first person I know who was kind of beating this drum um, early on. You had an article that was actually kind of framed about how the Cowboys could have conceivably been rooting for the Eagles this past week against the 49ers. Um, and I don't want to steal your thunder on this, but the kind of genesis of that is so a lot of people I don't think have gotten this yet, but if Dallas wins on Sunday, they're in first place in the division on Monday morning. Great, but they still do not control their own destiny. If Philly were to win out, even after losing on Sunday, the NFC East would belong to them. The Cowboys still need the Eagles to slip up at some point along the way, which is why, Danny, if the Eagles win this game on Sunday, I mean, they're kind of cruising on easy street, certainly with regards to the division. The Niners have you know spooked them a little bit for the one seed, and that would really effectively lock the Cowboys into the five seed with about a month to play in the regular season. So it's big for that. It's big to, to keep the Eagles chasing things and not, you know, obviously with everything in hand with a month to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, you bring that part of it. It's, it's. I'm scared of the 49ers. I'm. I'll just be honest. Oh, we're all terrified. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see them. I know that if we beat them, they, they, we all fall into three losses. And of course, through the tiebreakers, the Niners own that. And so the Niners, the Niners will be the number one. So we, we'd be going to, going to the Bay in round two if, um, if that were to happen. So 
I the idea of that you know scares me quite a bit, and I I would love to have the Cowboys' chance to move past the divisional round, go through Philadelphia because I think that is something that is very doable. Um, so the whole the way things are lining up, it's it's not very comfortable comforting, but absolutely, you know, we just gotta we gotta beat Philly. We gotta do what we need to do, and you never know what's gonna happen. You know, the Eagles they're not playing the best football right now, and it wouldn't be inconceivable to see Seattle beat them or even the Giants in one of their two shots. And and if that happens, then you know that just changes everything. Um, Howman, um, you know, the Eagles are playing so poorly that one national analyst advocated for Marcus Mariota to start ahead of Jalen Hurts. Uh, and I saw you tweet about that earlier um, this evening. Uh, Howman, Brian shares a, a super chat. Thank you very much, Brian. Everybody follow him on TikTok at Talk Cowboys. Said, can we debate if we think any wild card winner can beat a division winner other than the Cowboys, of course, that would really determine how we should root for final seating between the top three. Hellman has mentioned um, the Cowboys, if they do not win the NFC East, are going to be the five seed. That has you know, not been decided, but it is certainly looking that way. And vice versa, if Dallas winds up leapfrogging Philly, they're going to be the five seed. So uh, if San Francisco is the two seed, who would you like to see be the seven seed? Because to Danny's point, at my point, and everyone's point, San Francisco is terrifying. So like, who stands the best chance to go to San Francisco in the wild card round as the seventh seed? A seventh seed's never won a playoff game in NFL history. Granted, it's only been three years. Um, who do you want to see be that team? The Rams, the Packers, the Seahawks, potentially? Like, where's your head at? I mean, it, it's kind of like it, it's it's difficult to pick between those because the 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 rest of the field after the the top five, well, the really the top four, and then the winner of the <laughs> NFC South, it's so uninspiring. I think. The first thing that popped into my head was just the Minnesota Vikings because they have that defense that is just they, – they don't really have a whole lot of good players, but they just – they blitz so much. They have such a, a well-developed scheme that they've made a lot of quarterbacks look really bad. I'd be curious to see how they do against Brock Purdy. And then the Josh Dobbs magic, like you just think if there's going to be a time where that magic comes back up again, of course it would be in the playoffs. Of course it would be on the road in San Francisco. But, I mean, counting on a 7 seed to beat the Niners uh, – don't hold your breath. Um, I said this on the NFC's mixtape that will come out on Wednesday. It would be hilarious if the Packers suddenly without Aaron Rodgers finally went to San Francisco and won a playoff game. Uh, that would make me laugh uh, a lot. Tony, who beats the Detroit Lions in the wild card round potentially as a wild card team, obviously? Packers. I mean, we saw it on Thanksgiving. I think the division, anytime you have two division teams play each other in the playoffs, it uh, brings a different element to it. So uh, I think the Packers could get it done and, um, Realistically, I mean, you look at the way Detroit and I think, you know, Dallas played against Arizona and the way the Eagles played against the Jets, like outside of maybe the 49ers who have, have slipped up themselves. I think anybody can be beaten at any given Sunday. Um, all right. That takes us to tonight's main course. Um, are you a fan of appetizers, Danny? I could see you being somebody that's like, I don't believe in appetizers. I came here for the main course. I, you know, I, I don't want to spend my money on that. Like I, this place has great steak. This place has great fish. I'm not here to mess around. I hate you, RJ. Is that true? Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll eat them, but I'm like, I don't go for it. It's like, hey, let's get an appetizer, and so. But it is more of a of a social thing. Uh, but but yeah, I could totally see you being like, this place is known for whatever. Why am I going to fill up on something that isn't that and potentially contaminate the experience? So. And also, too, it's there's always one guy who just thinks that the appetizers belong to him and, and doesn't realize the proportion. To, and for some reason, that annoys me more than anything. So, uh, yeah, not a big appetizer fan. 
Tony, I could see you being an only appetizer fan. Like you're the person who uh, went to Chili's and bought the triple dipper as their meal. No, no. So I married a woman like that. Like my wife is like, we got to go to like the Chili's, like the $5 appetizers and we buy the whole menu. Like that's her thing. I'm more of like a, like a hearty meal guy, but I'll dabble in appetizers. Uh, Howman, I guess, um, you know, cast the deciding vote here. Are you for, are you for or against appetizers? Why don't, why don't you just guess what he is, RJ? Because I've already used that superpower once tonight. <laughs> I do I do love an appetizer. I'm I'm uh I've I'm someone who has gone to Applebee's when they had their half priced apps and spent way more than I intended to and, and came out of there looking at the bill like oh my god, how did I spend that much on appetizers? Um okay, that is well said. By the way, an update on the points as we get set for the main course. Tony, you have 23, Howman 20, Danny Phantom 21. This is not a double points night like last week was, but I do want to let you all know that somebody is potentially going to hurt you. Watsamata says, I, oh, that's not the comment I was looking for, but Watsamata, not a fan of the 17 playoff uh, uh, formula in the NFL now. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, somebody, here we go. Watsamata said, I'm not doing points tonight. These are my three favorite panelists, which feels like a shot against me. Uh, but you guys are not getting points from Watsamata tonight. How do you feel about that, Tony? You know what? Uh, it's fair, though. It's one guy who doesn't help me out, but he's not helping the other guys either. So it's okay. Uh, speaking of, David has given you, David, uh, three points for being the app man. Um, so, you know, you missed out, Danny Phantom, for not liking appetizers. Um, you know, you just never know what's going to earn you points around here on the BTB Roundtable. Uh, I asked each of our panelists tonight to come up with three reasons why the Cowboys will beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Um, I have copied and pasted exactly how you wrote them to me, gentlemen. So I hope you were proud uh, of the way you chose to do so. Uh, Danny Phantom used some italics um, that uh, StreamYard didn't support. So if uh, if the like kind of inflection of your point isn't found, you can add it yourself, Danny. Um, Tony, you are our reigning roundtable winner, and it has been the three of you several weeks in a row. So we will give you the honors. But I will tell you that this first one actually kind of belongs somewhat to you and Howman together. But nevertheless, Tony, your first point uh, that we're showing here tonight is Terrence Steele not having the worst game of his life will instantly improve the O-line play this time around. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes without saying. You know, he had what, uh, gave up 12 pressures or you know, four sacks and it was just a terrible day. And you know what? The Eagles are probably going to try to make that, that matchup, uh, something they make a focal point, right? Asan Reddick's probably licking his chops. And, but I, I think everything that we know about Terrence Steele and everybody says about him is the guy is a really internally motivated guy. I think he understands what's at stake here. And I, we don't need him to have the best game of his life. We just need him to not have the worst game of his life. Tyron Smith and the other side is playing really well. Tyler Smith's playing at a all pro level. Zach Martin is Zach Martin. And if Tyler Biotis can just be okay and average, I think the Cowboys will be able to dissect the this Eagles defense that is entirely beatable with a quarterback who's playing the MVP level. So if we can just get Terrence Steele to not have his absolute worst, I think the Cowboys offense could really have a field day. Yeah, there's some aggression to the mean there, right? Like it, you, you literally cannot be that bad again. Um, and you could argue, Danny, you got lucid, um, you know, obviously Charlie Brown style that Terrence still lost the game in Philadelphia based on what happened, obviously, at the very end. Howman, you worded it a bit more uh, bluntly. Uh, you said Terrence Steele holds up in pass protection specifically. Yeah, and and I said holds up, not holds. We don't want any of those holding penalties either, um, wiping out touchdown runs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Terrence Steele was – I don't know if I'd, I'd say he was the reason that they lost, but he definitely contributed to it. You know, having a, a terrible game like that, I, I do believe it was – 
definitely the worst he's played since his rookie year when it was just evident as an undrafted rookie. He, he shouldn't have been out there, but he was forced to go out there because of the injuries. Um, I mean, that was just an uncharacteristic game, even though he is generally a little bit weaker in pass pro than he is as a run blocker. Um, but if you can get an average game from him where he'll give up a couple of pressures, might give up a sack, he kind of gave up a sack against the Seahawks and Dak just through sheer will broke out of it. So he helped his right tackle out there. And now it's time for Steele to help out his quarterback and just have like a regular, normal, average game. Because, um, I mean, it was really a game of inches. We all talk about the two-point conversion, the Schoonmaker touchdown that wasn't. But also, if you don't have those four sacks he gave up, all, all the pressures where Dak was running for his life, you probably have a better shot of winning that game. And if he can just get back to what, how he has been, and he has been better since that game too, like to his credit, he's battled back from it, then you like your chances going into this one. Danny, you did not have a point about Terrence Steele specifically, um, but do you believe in a bounce back potential for him? Um, he is further removed from the injury. I think that's certainly worth mentioning. We're coming up on about a year finally. So that has a lot to do with obviously him finding his form in an overall sense. Yeah, I mean, really, after that game, you know, it's hard not to consider. It's like, are the Cowboys, do they have the best five guys out there? Is there a way maybe Chuma needs to be out there and they would have a more formidable blocking? Um, with, But I do think, yeah, it still has been much improved since. And I'm not worried about him on, on Sunday, but I am worried about the offensive line as a whole because I feel like there's a lot of times, I think they've been doing really good, in particular, I think, in pass protection, even though Prescott was sacked four times you know, against Seattle, I still, they, they still struggle, you know, we're trying to um, run block, but I, I feel like it's just a fine line between a good play and an, and a bad play as far as the protection holding up. So it's going to be critical for Steele and, and Smith and both the Smiths, everybody basically be not getting um, pushed around and, and, and them getting through off, off uh, stunts up the middle. So the, the whole line as a whole needs to hold up for Prescott. Um, but I, I don't have the concern about Terrence Steele as, as I did, you know, following this game. Um, let's play this game. Uh, what is the most likely level of performance the Cowboys get from Terrence Steele on Sunday night? Your three options are horrible, average, great. Tony, you got to pick one. I think average makes the most sense. He's not going to be terrible. He's not going to have a great game because they have some good pass rushers, but just steady average. The word was horrible, not terrible. Please don't change the rules. Anyway, Howman. <laughs> I say great because he's got that grit mentality. He's gonna he knows what happened last time he played this team, and he's kind of gonna come out and have a masterclass. Daniel. Average. Okay. So two votes for average. Wow. You guys are real glass half empty people, Tony and Danny. You've shown us uh, a lot tonight. Um, okay, so the Terrence Steele thing was a popular take uh between Tony and Halman. Danny, your first take, um, or your first point rather, and you worded it this way: be aggressive. BB aggressive. And then in parentheses, you specified what you want that to mean. Go for it on fourth down. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted to make sure we didn't have any duplications. So I just kind of just wanted to kind of touch on the main point that you I'm trying what, Danny, to. I'm going to give you an extra 15 points for that because respect for making my job easier. I was trying to. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you don't actually have to have the parentheses, you know, up there for my descriptions. But yeah, basically, I mean, um, I just want the Cowboys to show a high level of aggression. I, I think, you know, you look back at that first game and there's one, there's a, the opening drive of the Eagles where they had like a fourth and three around the 30, you know, they went for it and they scored a touchdown. You know, I remember later in that half, the Cowboys had a fourth and three around the 30 
Well, they kicked a field goal. And I, I think they need to come out there, you know, they don't need to hesitate in those short yardage situations and go for it on fourth down. You know, field goals are for suckers. I want them on, on third and inches even. I want them to go for the juggler with some play action moves. Do Just, you know, be a little unconventional sometimes. And, you know, I think McCarthy needs to just dig deep into his bag. And I just play every drive like it's their last. I just want them to go out there and just, you know, kind of like, you know, Jimmy, the old days with Jimmy Johnson and just kind of just stomp you, just be, be ready to stomp you and just have confidence that McCarthy has said that he's had in his team. Go out there and play like it and just just play with a high level of aggression. Tony, um, that's a really, I think, optimal mindset in general, but I think it's particularly valuable when you're going against a team that has that mindset. The Eagles are, are not going to leave points on the field. At least they're going to die trying you know, to get them. Um, they are the team that believes in aggression, that believes in going for it. So like, you've, you've kind of got to go shot for shot with them, at least in attempts along those lines. Yeah, when you look at other games and other matchups, I'm I'm of the mind to be aggressive, right? But I I, li- I like to know what the situation is. Like, how is the offense playing? Is the offensive line, you know, doing their job? Like, I don't want to just go for it. I know there's analytics and numbers and say like that, but like, there's got to be a feel to the game, I think. But Quick, when you play the Tony, Eagles, quickly, did did you or anybody have a problem with the fourth down attempt last week that failed? Um, there were people who thought the Cowboys should have kicked a field goal at that point in time. The one that CD Lamb dropped. Yes. I know because I think it was the call worked. The player didn't. So I just, I don't think, I don't think it's bad in that situation. It's always hindsight, but I liked it in that spot, but I will say with the Eagles, they kind of take it out of your hands. Like you said, they look at every play or every possession, like we're going to get four downs. And if we're in within two yards, they're just going to run that silly little play and they're going to get a first down. So for me, it's you, like you said, you got to match fire with fire. So if, if, if this was a different team or a different scenario, I might have a little bit of apprehension, but with the Eagles, you got to stay aggressive and keep the foot on the pedal. Common, first of all, what did you make of the fourth down decision last week? Because Danny, you agreed with the decision to go, right? That was what it, okay. So that's two agrees. So I assume you agreed, Hammond, but just for the record and your thoughts on the Cowboys um, needing to um, to go shot for shot with your boy Nick Sirianni. Yeah, you know, love love Nick, big big fan of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I the the play where they went for it and CD Lamb dropped it. I agreed with the decision to go there. Um, didn't necessarily like love the play call itself, but obviously it, it worked. CD was open. He needs to make that catch. I didn't agree with the decision to kick the field goal there in, in the in the end of the first half. Um, thought that that's a situation where you got to be more aggressive and go for it to Danny's point, especially because then the Seahawks went down the field, they scored, and they were able to take a lead into halftime. Um, that's why you got to go for the points there. Uh, so I, I agree that they need to be aggressive. Generally, like McCarthy has been a, a fairly aggressive coach. He has these moments where like, I, I think it's just, he gets kind of caught up in the flow of the game relative to like the actual risk assessment part of it. Um, but generally he has a, an aggressive mindset to him. Um, I, I just looked it up as far as like uh, optimal fourth down decision-making. The Cowboys are tied for eighth in the NFL right now. Like, they're, they're one of the better teams at going for fourth down when they're supposed to. But they also haven't had a whole lot of opportunities where they've needed to, which is a good thing because they're one of the best offenses at moving the chains. They're, they're, they have a high third down conversion rate. They also are not seeing a whole lot of third down attempts. They're moving the chains early in the down series. Um, so it's, it's nice to be able to have that aggressiveness like when you don't succeed on those first few plays in the drive or in, in the down series but they also haven't really necessarily needed it so much because their offense has been rolling this year. 
Um, Danny, this was your point, so I'll offer this pushback at you from Kevin, saying, against Philly, we failed twice on fourth down in the red zone, leaving six points off the board. We lost by five. To Tony's point, the hindsight of that is, well, those six points give the Cowboys the win. I imagine your point will be, yeah, well, they could have scored touchdowns on both of those possessions and won by nine. Absolutely. That's just looking at it, hindsight. I mean, we don't know that they get two chances out there. I mean, the Cowboys defense, you know, showed up big to even give the Cowboys the opportunities there. So you got to take those chances when you got them. Um, no way would I be thinking that they, you know, should have kicked field goals there. I mean, there were so many different things in that game where you could look at it and, and chase points here and there. And but no, that they made the right decisions there, just like McCarthy did with the CD Lamb play, too. I had some issues with some of the decisions he did make i think he declined a penalty to me that didn't make sense and he also didn't build Dak prescott out of a delay of game penalty that actually pushed them back near the deep red zone which is where they struggle and fortunately ended up being moot but um yeah no but mccarthy is is weird because i've always known him to be more of an aggressive type of of coach and he still is but then he has these moments where he becomes the most conservative or the just the worst type and just like super scared and i don't want to see any of that in this game i think that he needs to go out there and they really got to be aggressive and and you know just take those risks okay um i respect uh y'all's opinions and thoughts uh in terms of points here's where we're at danny you picked up the 15 point boost uh so you have a bit of a lead right now but anything can happen tony you're riding caboose so um pretty embarrassing uh but the floor is yours tony for your next point you worded it this way being at home changes the feeling of this game comparatively speaking again your words not mine yeah i would think just like the way that people feel about going into Philly and how it's a ruckus crowd and it's a tough atmosphere and, you know, the Eagles feed off of that. I think in the same vein, I got to give Cowboys Nation a little bit of credit. I mean, they're 14-0 in the last 14 games at home. And just the way they've been able to defend the territory and play at home, it, it changes how you feel about it, right? Sunday night football on primetime at home just feels like the Cowboys comfort level, in my opinion. Dak Prescott with a little bit of home cooking, this offense, this team being able to kind of control the crowd. And, you know, say what you want. I said it on the First and Ten podcast. Cowboys fans in that stadium sometimes get the rep that it's like a, a wine and cheese crowd. But when it's the Eagles week, like there is a different like level to it. And I think they understand the assignment. So playing this game, coming off of the month stretch we just have, Dak absolutely in the MVP conversation, rightfully so. I think there's going to be another level. And I think it's up to the fans to kind of help push the Cowboys over the top a little bit. Hellman, the Cowboys have not played a road game since November 17th when they visited the Carolina Panthers. They've played two games at home. Uh, the Eagles have also played two games at home, but the first of which was against the Buffalo Bills that featured overtime. They played a million plays in that game, and they just played a very tough, embarrassing game against the 49ers and have to travel to face a Cowboys team that's coming off of the mini-buy. Um, you know, people say what they want about the way the schedule ultimately kind of shapes itself out, but beyond the fact that the Cowboys are at home, they have all of the advantages. You, you would kind of, <clears throat> you know, stand to reason um, with regards to how things set up independent of the football itself. Yeah, it definitely lines up nicely for them in this situation. And, you know, going back to that last game where it was in Philly, I mean, that was a really close game every way you look at it, everything we were talking about after that game was like, you know, it's, it really is a game of inches, you know, all the, all the different cliches like proved true in that game. And it was just, it was just a back and forth. It was so close. And the immediate thought was, well, in about a month, like we get them back and it's in Dallas. Like it's, it, that's where the Cowboys are just dominant. They, they just beat teams at home. 
they've actually turned it into a home field advantage. Um, and, and granted against the Seahawks, it wasn't necessarily so much of a home field advantage. They were really, you know, had their backs against the wall and they had to really dig in and win that game. But I, th- I think this team really has the mindset of like, we need to protect our home field. Like we need to win when we're in front of our own fans. And that's something that has really kind of turned the corner with Mike McCarthy showing up. And he's used to having a home field advantage, having been in Green Bay and, and the, the natural advantages that come with being in Lambeau, especially later on in the year. Um, not quite the same weather kind of thing with, with Dallas, with it being indoors, with it being obviously in Texas and not Wisconsin. Um, but he, he very much values having that home field advantage. I think that's really seeped into this team. And they just feel like when it's in AT&T Stadium, Obviously, they want to win every game, but when it's in front of their home fans, they really need to put on a show. And you combine that with also just the the thrill of Sunday night football, it being the Eagles already having the division rivalry there, but then also wanting to get revenge for that game. Um, the stars are aligning, which honestly kind of makes you a little bit nervous as a, as a battered fan syndrome kind of deal. But um, it, it really is looking like a, a favorable matchup for them. Danny Phantom, this Game feels like an opportunity, and that's where, you know, I would be really impressed if the Cowboys managed to pull it off. Um, and this isn't actually correct, but this this feels like a chance for the Cowboys to fire a kill shot of sorts. Um, and that wouldn't be true. I mean, the Eagles would be 10-3. and three. Like, you know, that's, whoa, some kill shot. You know, these they still have complete and total control over the NFC East race, but they are reeling, the Eagles. And a lot of um, the national media or national favor has kind of soured on them. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, jumping on that they might be a little bit fraudulent kind of takes. Like, if you beat them, you send them into a tailspin of emotions. I mean, and that would be really impressive if the Cowboys could, could you know, be the big brother that beats up on the little brother. Like, we talk so much about their success against division rivals, but this is a different kind of opportunity here to really, you know, mess with them a little bit, like ruffle their hair. That's what I want to see. Absolutely. I mean, this... I mean, the the national media, they won't know what to think of themselves if the Cowboys come up and then deliver some type of beatdown because the Eagles have been, you know, all the talk through, throughout all the year. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts this and Dak Prescott gets pushed aside and everything. If the Cowboys come up in there and, and, and smoke them, then suddenly they're going to have to reevaluate. It's like, you know, this theory about being fraudulent, which, you know, Eagles are a good football team. We know that. But – Sure. We also know, and, and Hallman in particular, because he's a, you know, DVOA guy, is that they're just not an elite team, you know. So, you know, they're in, in one, some regard, there's some fraudulence to this. Um, but I want to say, too, and I think that I really thought Tony was onto something with his title, too, because when he's talking about home um, having a feeling, I mean, the Cowboys are absolute monsters on turf, you know, as, as compared to grass, too. And I think that you talk about a feeling, the Cowboys – you know, they, they get their footing underneath them and they, they put up the points and that's been happening all year. And so to me, I, th- I feel like that's what I'm excited to see because I know this Cowboys team's going to come out there and they're going to light up the scoreboard because they're just very comfortable in, in, their, in their home field and they, they, got, they got their footing and they don't have to get worried about getting slipping around or anything. And so I feel like, uh, you know, there's a reason this Cowboy team is, is so good, you know, at and Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, uh, before we move on, Tony, you picked up five points from Robbie just because. Um, okay. that that's what you're up against, Hamm and, and Danny. Tony's got all these bots working for him, it seems. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say that seems that seems like a sock account. Yeah, yeah um a, Danny, do you like you use the word fraudulent? This seems a little suspicious to me. Yeah, hey Ro- Robbie, I would like to know what is your favorite animal? <laughs> Actually, favorite soup. Let's go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? Let's see. Maybe uh, Robbie's a vegetable. What was it? Uh, stew or gazpacho or whatever. Yeah. What was it that you said? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my beef. Um, okay. Um, if it makes you feel better, that makes me happy. Um, Hellman, um, so we've kind of been talking about how we just did, uh, how the national media is souring a little. Like, And it does feel like there are sharks in the water for Philly. Like Philly is one loss away from the national media dunking on them. So things are swinging against them. Your next point was turnover luck swinging against them and in the direction of the Cowboys. Explain, please. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Cowboys defense has done a really good job of, of forcing takeaways throughout this season. They've really been doing it ever since Dan Quinn showed up. That's something that they really put a premium on. And they've gone out and got guys who can intercept the ball, who can uh, you know create fumbles and, and then recover them. They really stress that. And... The last time they played the Eagles, they didn't get any takeaways. Not only that, but the Eagles had, I think, three different fumbles, and they recovered all three of them. And that's just like, you know, unreal, like, turnover luck that just went in their way. If the Cowboys recover any one of those three fumbles, like, the game probably has a different outcome just because it was that narrow, and that's such a a huge swing to recover three different fumbles in a game. Also, the Cowboys have had two games this year where they've come away with zero defensive takeaways. Both of them were losses, one to Philly and then the other uh, week three against the Cardinals. So it, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, you know, correlation is not causation. It's not like they get a turnover, they're automatically winning the game, but it obviously helps a lot. And especially with how this defense the last couple of weeks has has struggled somewhat in actually getting stops without takeaways, going against an Eagles offense that really is what drives this team. Their defense certainly isn't what's keeping them in these games. Um, you know, you need to be able to get some of those takeaways and you need to be able to do it reliably. They couldn't do it against the Eagles the first time around. If they can do it this time, uh, assuming everything else kind of holds similar uh, to, to how it was in the last game, I think they have a really good shot of winning. 
Uh, just for the record, David has now challenged Robbie and given Halman five points just because. So, Danny, you are still waiting in the just because category, but I believe I think that that is going to happen for you. Tony, I don't want to you know turn Halman's point, but regarding the last Philly game for the Cowboys, it was other luck that worked against them. Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds on the two-point conversion, the weird Luke Schoonmaker play. Like, all, like, if you boil, Halman writes our five plays or five most important plays post every week at blogontheboys.com. If you picked the five, like, coin flip moments, they all went Philly's way. And that's not Philly's, you know, or fault or Dallas's fault. It's just the way that, you know, things shook out on that day. Like, Again, in the spirit of regression in the mean, you would have figured that at least one of those breaks Dallas's way, which could swing the overall level of competition. 100%. Like, for everything to go the Eagles' way on that particular night, it just seems so crazy, right? Like, the Schoonmaker thing being an inch short, Dak Prescott getting pushed like one yard or whatever. Like, there was just so many different things. Three fumbles not getting recovered by the Cowboys. Like you said, one of those. Just one of those changes everything. So, with that being said, like that we you say regression in the mean a lot and it, because it means you know it's it's real it's like a real thing like in my opinion i think it's something that is eventually i mean because think about it we have a lot going in our way this year i know there are some people that say well the eagles get stomped right well they're gonna come out angry and want to prove that that's not the team and you know dallas but then you look at it and say the cowboys defense played bad last year i mean last week and then deron plan bland played really bad last week so it's just like there's a lot of Cowboys elements that want to come out and, and change the narrative themselves. So eventually, when you look at the way the ball bounced against the Eagles last time, some of the internal motivation that the Cowboys have, plus being at home, you really got to like the Cowboys' chances on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Danny, I mean, are you a believer in, I guess, turnover luck swinging? Um, it, I was really disappointed in the Cowboys not generating a single turnover against the Eagles. Things have developed a little bit differently, but at that time, Jalen Hurts was a turnover machine. Uh, and the Cowboys couldn't technically force one. Again, there were fumbles involved that they didn't recover. But um, that was a big bummer to not be able to kind of do what all these other teams had done at that point in the regular season. It was a big bummer. And I I mean, I don't feel like we're owed any luck. Like it's, you know, we're we're due. Um, you know, it's because basically it's another coin flip as far as who's going to be on the advantage of, of, you know, on the right side of the luck this time. So, but I will say this. Uh, the Cowboys need to make their own luck, and you know, that was one of my points actually. Don't don't and, spoil it, Danny. Chill out, be cool. I mean, we still have to get through them all, you know. It's already spoiled. I mean, there's nothing that's different about it, but uh, I'll try to make this different. Fine, um, let's, let's get to your, your next point, Danny, which was make your own luck by playing smart football. And then in parentheses, I'm keeping the parentheses, even though I told me I can remove them. Uh, you put penalties and turnovers, which is this exact subject, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, you want to play a clean game. The Cowboys, um, This, I just don't want this to be one of those games where the luck plays a role in, in the way you can do that. And, like, luck wasn't going to save the Eagles last week, you know, but they've been in these tight games where they've just been able to pull it out in the fourth quarter. So the Cowboys need to remove that from the script, you know, and, and to do that is to just lay a, lay a beat down on them. But I think, you know, they want to be – protective with the ball you know and they want to be aggressive and enforced hurts to make mistakes and you want to be able to just pounce on all the opportunities that you can uh but the cowboys too they have to be disciplined you know i don't even know what to say about the penalties i cannot get out my mind around how a, a football team this talented struggles so you know but both sides of the ball we can't point to uh, you know offensive line coaches the main culprit everybody it's just 
they're not getting it. Something's not happening with with the coaching for them to to be making these kind of penalties. It's it's very unsettling, uh, and we cannot give Philly extra chances. So I think they have to be more disciplined. And you know, I touched on it already, but there were so many factors that moved the pendulum in the last game. And the, the Cowboys, it would be nice if 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 we're on the right end of that, you know, this time around. So I just think you know, it's it's just the little things, and I, I want the Cowboys to. Hopefully, maybe things will go right for them this time around. But you got to make your own luck. You know, you got to you got to force the Eagles to make those mistakes. Not going to just can't rely on them to running in their own selves and fumbling the ball and being right there to jump on it. You have to, you, you know, you have to create your own luck. That's well said. Okay, a couple of things to catch up with from the chat before we get to you, Tony. My buddy Bobby um, says hello from the Netherlands. That's where he's at. Bobby is, uh, you know, on the European. Um, Brigade, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Bobby, hope you're having fun. Um, also, the chat is weirdly obsessed with the beards of Tony and Hellman. Uh, so um, congrats to you both, I guess. Um, you know, good job uh, in that sense. Tony, I want to take Danny's point to you. I'm going to try to catch up on the math of these points. By the way, there's a lot of uh, points being handed out. Um, there's something really badass to how the Niners were like oh you think you have luck like you think big Dom is like your level of luck who cares we're just gonna obliterate you like we we do not care what kind of luck or weird sports prowess you think you might have we are so much better than you that we're it's it's gonna be a scream into the void like this is welcome to the pit of darkness that's who the 49ers were against the Eagles and to Danny's point it would be awesome to see the Cowboys I like I I would take that to a different level beyond making their own like make luck insignificant I don't want to change your point though Danny yeah, I think I think the 49ers kind of put the mirror to the Eagles' face and showed them who they really are, right? I think the 49ers are who the Eagles think they are. You know what I mean? So I, oh I think... Oh, my gosh, what an awesome line. I hope Eagles Twitter finds you for that one, Tony. <laughs> I hope they do. it. That'd be a great week for it. But, you know, for me, it's... I think the Cowboys could have end up being the knockout punch. I, I think from, you know, Howman said with the DVOA and some of these advanced analytics that tell you, like, the Eagles, yeah, they find a way to win, but they're not, like they haven't been playing at the level that their record actually indicates. And they've been skating by and getting by, you know, by the skin of their teeth. In some cases, the 49ers punched them right in the mouth, showed them exactly who they can be. If the Cowboys are able to go out there and beat them too. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm not around that fan base. I don't know what two losses to their two major competitors would do to the psyche of that team. Right. I I think Nick Sirianni is the type of guy who, you know, probably doesn't take well to something like that, you know? So I, I just don't know what it would do. And I'm interested to find out. I mean, this could, and I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but this is how I felt all week. I'm less concerned about the Cowboys winning this game for like seeding purposes or the one seed. Cause I've kind of resided to what Danny said about like, you know, it is what it is. Like, let's go out there and win football games because you want to win football games and, and, you know, try to play the best football you can. But if the Cowboys end up the five seed and still find a way to smack the, the Eagles, I can live with that because now we know we, we belong in the same ballpark. If you didn't already know that, now we know for sure. Like, okay, the big bad boogeyman is the 49ers, but we're definitely not afraid of the Eagles. And that's, you know, that's just another stone turned here to a possible championship run. Uh, Howman, to the overall point, um, I know we don't like the Eagles, but it was genuinely and legitimately interesting to see them kind of squirm, right? Like that hasn't been the case, you know, for almost two years at this point in time. Um, and to see how they handled it and to see how they left their quarterback who had been checked for concussion, you know, in a game against an incredibly physical team and to leave DeAndre Swift in there to get blasted into like, you know, 
a different timeline. Like it was wild. You had a great tweet about that, by the way, Howman. Good job, you um, near the end of that game. Uh, so in that sense, to Tony's point and Danny's point, it'd be awesome to see them kind of down. Like they haven't lost two regular season games in a row in like two years. That would be so thrilling to to be the team that kind of again, it's not a nail in the coffin, but but forces them to come to like terms with all of it. Yeah, it, it would definitely be fun to to be the team that does that, especially because of the the history. Uh, but between these teams, both historically and then just in the last few years with with Mike McCarthy, Nick Sirianni, all of that. Um, really, honestly, part of me kind of kind of wished that the Eagles had pulled out that game just so that like Nick Sirianni afterwards could do the whole like this is for Dom like like he did with Frank Reich a year ago. <laughs> I think that would have been just like peak content. Um, but but it really was kind of it, it was satisfying for me as someone who through all of their just like absolutely lucky wins this season kept on saying like they're they're really not that good of a team they're just finding ways to win um and, and for them to just get completely outclassed against the 49ers much in the same way the Cowboys did was kind of like it, it felt a little bit better um and, and it also kind of reminds me honestly of last year's Vikings how everyone said you know they had all those one score wins and the Vikings were like our team is great like we just we just know how to win like we step up when it matters and then the next year starts, and obviously their season has completely changed with all the injuries and Kirk Cousins and everything. Um, but early on, like they were just regression was hitting them so hard, and it was like, yeah, we told you. And the Eagles had a pretty easy first half of their schedule. Now the tough teams have come. They got the 49ers, and it did not go well. Now they have to play the Cowboys, who they almost lost to. Now that now it's on the road, and if if they are able to get a a big win over the Eagles, it really would send them into a kind of a, a weird place, especially because the Eagles fans are already kind of losing it. I saw after the last two games, I, I saw fire Brian Johnson was trending, which is their offensive coordinator, which is funny because like, if you look at the actual stats, their defense is the one that's like blowing these games for them. They can't stop anybody. And so like they're, they're attacking their own team. They're not even attacking the part of the team that's like struggling and, and bad. So they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're already, you know, ready for the downward spiral and the Cowboys could really just, you know, flush them down there all the way. I have no ill will towards Brian Johnson, obviously, but the Eagles got the benefit of all the like cookie cutter storylines over the course of the entire offseason. Like how many times did each of you see, hear, or read that Brian Johnson knew Jalen Hurts all the way back in high school? You know what I mean? Like all that stuff got like so overplayed because of who they are. So again, I feel poorly for Brian Johnson that he's being wrongly victimized here. Um, but it's just like, you know, when, when, like, that's what you have to capitalize when you're there and the moment's yours, you got to win the Super Bowl. So all that stuff is eternal because if it's not, then it all is meaningless and you hate it eventually. And that's kind of where they're at. Uh, we have one round left here on the round table, a score update. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. It was a bit of a barrage. I kind of got lost. Um, you know, I was, you know, doing, there's, I have a mental abacus. And so it's like a really crazy situation in my mind. Um, so this is where I think we're at. Uh, Tony, you're at 114. Hellman, 122. Danny, 119. It is anybody's race at this point in time. So bring the heat for the last one. Tony, speaking of heat, you wrote, Dak is on a heater. And this could be an MVP signature performance, which is really saying something, given the last time we saw him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more quality opponents ahead. But I just think the implication of the fact that it's a Sunday night matchup against our biggest rival, um, a lot of eyes on it, primetime. If Dak Prescott is able to parlay this and then go out there and do what he's just been doing over the last month and what he did to the Eagles, and I think it could really 
blow this thing out of proportion in a positive manner for the first time in a long time, probably the first time ever, right? Like Dak Prescott's conversation around him is usually overwhelmingly negative. It has completely 180 in the last month due to his play. He's kind of made it unavoidable at this point. But if he goes out there and, and slays the dragon, so to speak, and they go out there and he throws, you know, three touchdowns, 300 yards, and he's flexing in people's face again. And he's, you know, he's just being himself. I think it could really just draw and pull things into a different stratosphere right now. And um, I think it could end up being the signature game and what will ultimately be an MVP season. Yeah, Danny, you talked about how the national media will be in a very difficult spot, particularly if the Cowboys boat race the Eagles, obviously. Uh, but if if they win, if Dak, you know, is amazing yet again, um, it will be unavoidable that that he's the MVP of the league. Again, uh, presuming Brock Purdy doesn't throw for like seven touchdowns and 500 yards or something against Seattle. Obviously, he's a contender as well. Uh, but it will, at the very least, Danny, squash the Jalen Hurts renaissance that has happened over the last, you know, at this point, whatever, it's been 15 months. And that would be a new reality for a lot of people. Obviously not us. And and I, we're not here to say Jalen Hurts sucks. That's not our point at all. Uh, but it has been a really loud conversation that would be forced to shift in a different direction. I guess so. I guess I would like to see wow. that kind of to dig himself in a hole first, maybe, in the game. And then kind of uplift okay. the team. And, uh, you saved okay. yourself. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, no, for sure. I think, and, and not just this game, but just the, the games following too, because we got some really tough opponents, you know, lined up. And <clears throat> Prescott has a chance. This is, you know, the way he's been playing to, is the best he's ever played. I mean, he's, I, I can't remember his decision making being so sharp as far as when to break pocket, you know, when, you know, make and the throws he's making. It's just, it's just incredible. I mean, I, I remember like, this whole C Lamb, AJ Brown debate, and I don't even think that, that to me that seems laughable now because the way that C D Lamb's playing and the, the things that he's doing, and all this is orchestrated um, from Prescott. You know the way that Ferguson's playing. You know Brandon Cooks is just looking like Brandon Cooks. Absolutely, he comes out there and he you know he torches the Eagles and you know and wins game and and has one of those games against a a good team. You know I mean I absolutely I think this could. It's it's on he's on the path and this could just put them on the put him on the fast track. Hamen, I um I don't mean to like make this more stressful, but like this is a really big thing. Like this is this is kind of like everything we've sort of like begged for and asked for, right? Like the opportunity for Dak Prescott, for Mike McCarthy, for Micah Parsons. Like this is it. Like they have a quarterback playing at an MVP level in a game that's going to be seen by like 50 million people against their arch rival. They can, you know, expose them finally, like whatever. This, like if they don't do it, like this opportunity doesn't roll around. It's taken a year to get this opportunity. I mean, so that makes it precious and that makes it sort of feel bigger than it might actually be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of been a, a nice little arc for them these last couple of games because they had the Thanksgiving game, which was like the most watched game since the Super Bowl, and Dak balled out. The Cowboys were great in that game. And then another week, Thursday Night Football, and I don't know what the actual like streaming numbers were for that game, but I mean, it's it's an isolated game. Everyone was watching Thursday night as opposed to like, you know, one of a bunch of noon games. And again, he has a great performance. Defense doesn't play well. Now he actually like has to go out there and save this team, and he does it. And he has a few like highlight plays in the in the span of a really good game as well. Uh, and now Sunday Night Football, again, another isolated game that everyone's going to be watching against a really good team like the Eagles. He, he can have this, this great performance. 
he can go up and and beat you know the team with you know the best record in the league and and against you know Jalen Hurts who also you know is a is an MVP contender based on the the NFL odds and everything like that um and it's like to your point yeah it is a little bit of pressure but also in the words of Dak Prescott pressure is a privilege so he's built for this he has made his whole career out of rising to the occasion when it's when it's time for him um I'm not really too concerned about him being able to step up on this stage Mm, okay that's really well said um there are a lot of points coming in. This is going to be a photo finish. I'm very. Did you have a point, Danny? I just real quick because of, of Hellman's last statement is you know, he's made a career rise into the, you know, to that performance. And I wanted to say something is actually Prescott has a chance to, to play a, a little bit better in and in, in these moments. To, to honestly, I don't think he has, and I, I feel like the the player I'm seeing right now is the player that can do that. And I think. That you could come, you know, the games it counts and the playoff times. If Prescott is playing like this, he will do something that he hasn't done before. And that is, big, you know, where he can carry his team, play at a high level. Prescott's not the reason we lose games, but he also hasn't been the reason that we won. And, I, and he can be that reason. And this is what I think is different about Dak and why this could be different. That's all I want to say. Uh, I mean, I would offer, I think you agree, he was the reason they won last week, right? Like the, the version of who he is has become a different level of like dude who's able to carry the team. And so if he can do that again on Sunday night, that would go a long way, I think, in the eyes of a lot of people. Um, Tony, I would like you to read Hellman's last point. I want you to read it out loud exactly the way it's written. And then I want you to guess what you think he means by it. Do you understand the rules? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Texas Coast Goat Burr. Got it. It's it's money. It's money. (laughs) I need the energy. You gotta get every R. Come on, Tony. Let's like Texas Coast Goat. Okay. Danny, I know you're sick, but can you please save us? Like that was horrible. I mean I don't know even I don't even know what he means. So I can't even I I know what he's Uh, I know what he's I'm picking up what he's putting down here. Hellman, uh, what is your point? Um, can you maybe phonetically tell us what you meant by this? Yeah, so the Texas coast, of course, is the Cowboys offense, and it's been a well-oiled machine that when you turn it on, it goes burr. So, like, that that's that's phonetically why I put it the way that I did. And, and this is really the sound of a because, machine, like, like a machine humming. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. It's also a common internet meme. I, I, I'm Maybe I'm too hip for the kids here. Whoa! Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, t- Tony's got the backwards hat. He picked up on it, so I, I, I know. I, know <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't pay. I thought it was like go like it was cold or something. I was like, why would you want that? So I, I'm not part of the hip crowd. It, it could also yeah. work because Dak Prescott has ice in his veins. So okay, Tom, you know, always. In in the mind of some analysts, this backwards hat is a negative, though. You know that, right? For me to wear this backwards uh, Tony, hat, it's a, I'm I not a good quarterback. So many points for that. I mean, come <laughs> on, Tony. It's, you know, I mean, um, so you you believe the Texas Coast offense is uh, going to pick up where it's left off as of late? Yeah, I mean they they've they've been they, statistically they have been the best offense in the NFL since the since they came out of the bye. They were doing well before the bye, but they've just gone to a whole new level. Mike McCarthy has you know, really done a good job of adjusting to some of the things that they weren't doing in those first few weeks. They've they've been one of the most motion-heavy teams since the bye. They're throwing on, on early downs a lot more than they already were. 
And really, it's, you know, we just talked about Dak Prescott and how great he's been playing. Um, and like so, so much of that, obviously, is it because of Dak, but also this offense. And he even said after the Thanksgiving game, like, this is the most confident that he's felt in an offense. And for all of the, all of the, I guess, debate after they got rid of Kellen Moore and he goes to the Chargers and everyone says like, oh, Kellen Moore, like he made Dak Prescott look good. Him and Justin Herbert, like that's easy money. And like the Chargers are going to be so good. Cowboys, you know, Mike McCarthy's not a good play caller. Like for some reason we're, we're hung up on him because Aaron Rodgers spread notes about him in class 10 years ago. Um, and, and here we are and the Chargers are just, you know, they're a dumpster fire. They scored six points against the Patriots this past week. Kellen Moore's play calling has come under fire, like not to throw shots at Kellen Moore, but he obviously has not had the success with Justin Herbert in LA that he did with Dak Prescott. And even then, Mike McCarthy has taken over the play calling and he's been so much better. Dak Prescott has elevated his game to a new level. CD Lamb has elevated his game to a new level. And I mean, some of it is, is Dak Prescott playing out of his mind. Some of it is Mike McCarthy putting the ball in his hand and saying, go win this game for us. We go where you go. They actually sense the buy. They lead the league in early down pass rate, which I was a little surprised that they were all the way at the top of that. Uh, they also lead the league over that span in EPA per play. Dak Prescott leads all quarterbacks. EPA per play, QBR. Uh, I mean, he leads the league for the whole season in passing touchdowns. Leads in big time throw rate is has the lowest turnover worthy play rate. Like he's just absolutely balling out right now. Mike McCarthy has empowered him every step of the way to to make this offense his own, set him up for success. And the two of them have just been a, a beautiful pairing. And all of the pieces that they brought in with, you know, obviously featuring CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks has started to hit his stride. Jake Ferguson is really stepping up as the top tight end. And it's just all come together really well. And this offense is on fire. They were good against the Eagles. They can be even better now. That's really well said. Um, this was kind of a, a, a rocky, bumpy sort of takeoff. Um, a little bit of turbulence in the air, but smooth landing, uh, David Howman. Uh, do you want to give any of your points as you currently sit to Tony for the assist? Or no, you want to be selfish? Uh, I'll, I'm going to be if you, selfish. If you want to, I will take however many points you deem out of your total and give them to Tony if you would like. <laughs> well, he so I'll, 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 give him, I'll give him five. This wow. That is, I'm feeling that generous. is a bold thing to do. I'm the only one who got what you said, too, so I feel like we're on the same wavelength there. Initially, I was going to keep them all for myself, but I, I thought about it. This is where we're at as we enter Danny's last point, which is the last opportunity any of you have to pick up points. Tony, 153. Howman, look what you did. You only have a one-point lead on him. Danny, you haven't gone this round, which is why you have a little bit of a trail going on, 141, but the floor is yours. You wrote, he who helps their QB the most wins the game. Parentheses. Win the ground game battle. Yeah, and I know we've been talking about Dak Prescott, how great he is, you know, Jalen Hurts, they're both MVP candidates, and obviously they're the biggest players, you know, on their respected units, but I think that's, it's, you know, you just going to have to, you need, they need some support, and you know, a couple of things, like the Eagles are 0-2 when Jalen has to throw the ball 40 plus times, you know, they're they're 0-2 when they aren't able to, to run the ball 80, 80 yards in a game, so that's, I mean, there, there's a there's a way to, to beat this Eagle team. Um, you know, you make Jalen win the game, you know, don't let his supporting cast do most of the heavy lifting. Uh, but at similarly, you know, similarly, they got to give Dak a little help too, because, you know, D Dak has won a game when they throw 
throwing the ball 40 plus times. That just happened, you know, against Seattle. But the, the other times they're 0 2. So, and they're also 0 2 when they don't hit the 80 yard rushing mark. So I think those, it, to me, it just kind of focused on this is one of those games where you got to get a little dirty, you know, and you're going to have to have some success running the ball. And the Cowboys have all kinds of struggles with this. And this is something that, you know, they, they got to get fixed as we go into some of the, you know, tougher teams and into the playoffs. They can't just rely too much on Dak as, as great as he's playing. So I feel like to me is that the team that's able to go out there and help the quarterback, not, not just running the ball, but just making the plays with turnovers and just game changing plays, you know, it's going to be a difference maker. We, I don't think the, the, the quarterback that is asked to do too much in this one is probably going to be the losing quarterback. Tony, I think this is a fair take. Like if you expand it beyond just the ground game, because that's kind of the strength of the Eagles is they do everything to help their quarterback. And he thrives as a result of it, not to take away from Jalen Hurts' talent, obviously. But if the Cowboys can match that, I mean, it goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll take it a step further. Like you said, it's not really about the running game to me, but I think the best way to help this quarterback and the team in its in a whole is get out to a fast start, right? Force what Danny said to have Hurts have to throw the football. You go up two scores, you know, 14 points, 10 points, 17 points, whatever the case may be. Then you force the game out of DeAndre Swift's hands. You force the game into Jalen Hurts' hands. And I think a lot of people would rather that situation. I mean, look last week against the 49ers. Um, Swift only had, what, six carries? He's been an explosive guy all year for them. He's been a really good pickup. So if you force the ball, that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball. They want to get into second and short, third and short, you know, and get into these tight situations. I, take nothing away from Hurts. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he gets obviously elevated from the from the pieces around him. But like Danny said, you get him to throw the football more times than they want to. He's probably going to come up with an interception, or there's going to be opportunity there. We have opportunities, guys, in the secondary, and uh, I think the quickest way to do that is to get out in front. And I'm always team defer. If you win the toss, I want to be on defense. In this case, with the way Dak Prescott's playing, the way the offense is playing, and the way we can attack the Eagles and kind of put them on their heels, I wouldn't mind taking the ball first and trying to put points up early and often. Hmm. your overall thoughts here and who do you think will help their quarterback out the most in an overall sense? Well, I, I, I kind of agree and also disagree with Danny's point. I, I agree on helping the QB the most, whoever does that wins the game that just kind of on a general level, like the, the more, the more you can play like as a team, the better chance you're going to have of winning the game. Obviously you don't want your quarterback to have to play hero ball all the time. Uh, and, and speaking of Dak Prescott actually has the second most drop passes in the NFL. Um, so the Cowboys do need to help him out a little bit. Um, but also as far as like the ground winning the ground game battle, uh, I, I just think that's a difference in offensive approaches. The Eagles have very much made their offense about the running game. Some of that is just because Jalen Hurts is a really good running quarterback, not saying he can't throw the ball. He can, but I mean, between him and Dak, they're both mobile guys, but obviously Jalen Hurts is the one who should be running more QB design runs. Um, and, and the Cowboys have been very judicious with how they've drawn up those design runs for Dak Prescott. Um, but I, I don't think that like, you don't want to go into a game against the Eagles and say like, we got to win the ground game. Cause that's, you're not going to win that fight. And especially when the Cowboys have had the challenges that they've had with their run defense, the Cowboys aren't really a running offense. Like their, their run game has gotten better as they've thrown the ball more because it's spreading out the defense more. It's opening up more running lanes but they're a pass-first offense, and, and rightfully so when Dak is balling the way he is, when CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks are playing the way that they are. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think you got to stick with what's working. If you go into this game and, you know, your running backs for the Cowboys have, you know, 
maybe like 10 carries and, and, you know, 24 yards, like you can still have a really productive day on offense. Obviously you want your run game to do better than that, but their bread and butter is throwing the ball and they do it pretty well. The Eagles run the ball a lot. They do it pretty well. Uh, I, I just disagree with saying like, you have to win the run game necessarily to have a shot in winning this game. Pencils down. All right. Hands up. I need hands up. I need to see them from, from all three of you. Danny. Thank you. <laughs> um, the the final points have been tallied. It was a wonderful roundtable. You all got a lot of love from the crowd. I love seeing that happen. Great job. The chat was amazing tonight. Before we do, um, I think we might make this a, a you know a weekly kind of tradition. Howman, you just started it a little while ago. Does anybody want to give away points? It can be from a spirit of generosity. It can be from a spirit of arrogance. Maybe you think I got so many points that I can just give them away and I can still win. You can give away however many you want to whoever you want, or you don't have to give any away. Tony, we'll start with you. Uh, Danny, we'll start with you because you raised your hand. That was very polite. I just agreed with Tony's point about uh, taking the ball first because I never want to do that. But I think that does send a message. If you have confidence in your offense, you know, I think that's a great point. I would like to give two of Hellman's points to Tony. Um. That does not work. Do you want to give Tony two of your points? No, no, never mind then. Okay, so you're holding on. Tony, you raised your hand next. Do you want to give any of your points to either of your competitors tonight? When I say no, it's out of respect for these guys, right? Because I, I need every point I got. I hope I can win, and I know if I give them away, I'm probably going to lose. Uh, by the way, uh, a lot of people said that I won um, in the chat. Like, I'm just telling you what people said. That's, you know, really <laughs> just reading – you, you must David, have a different chat that we got. David, David said, fastest hour in my week. Uh, Watsamata saying, no, don't give away any points. Um, so, Hellman, it's up to you. You were the first person in Blogging the Boys Roundtable history to give away points. Do you want to do it now? You could look back and you could regret this forever, or it could be the ultimate like walk-off move of power. Do you want to <laughs> give away any points, and if so, to who? You don't have to. Well, the, the only person that I would give points to is you, RJ, for hosting such a great show. Wow. <laughs> See, Danny, I really did win. Um, well, so that's a no on giving away points, actually? Right. Okay. Well, you did give away five of your points, but it was not enough for Tony to really do anything. Tony finishing in third. Danny Phantom finishing with the silver medal. Our winner tonight, making Blogging the Boys Roundtable history despite giving away five points. Takes it home. David Hellman, congratulations. Well done. Historical. Historical. Well, oh my gosh. They're going to sing songs about this, David Hellman. Well done. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people talking about after I gave away the points, like, what if he doesn't win? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, wow. Um, what the hell? Why would you do that? Um, we had a good thing going, David Hellman. Tony, are you embarrassed that you were given five points and still got last? Of course, I'm a winner, man. I'm a champion here, and I just came. Not, no, you're not. Look at the standings. You're, do you want me to put them on the screen again? What is this? Are you a winner here tonight, Tony? That's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> I dropped the ball tonight. That's all I could say. It's on me. Danny, uh, do you wish you'd given away points now that you didn't win? No, I wish I'd given away two of Hellman's points you know, <laughs> to Tony, like I tried to do. Uh, no, I, I just I'm a I'm a look past the results guy, and I think that. Hellman's decision earlier in the game to give away points. It's still sloppy to me. So, I mean, I still judge him on that. Uh, but you know what? It's moot because he pulls out the win. So uh, we'll give him a pass. It sounds awful familiar to me, you know, 
I got to be honest. I was rooting for Danny. I wanted a flu game kind of win. That would have been awesome. Uh, and I should have given it to Danny. As Robbie notes, how a fellow Astros fan wants me to take the title away from you. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, wow. Uh, Richard says that you deserve it to always defer. So even though that was um, Tony's point about deferring. Yeah. So, wow, Tony, you're getting robbed left and right. That stinks. Uh, Howman, do you have anybody you want to thank? Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I just want to thank the Texas Coast offense being a well-oiled machine and you know, giving me all the talking points I need. I just want to say one thing is my mom, I know my mom's watching and then mom, I know that they've been bugging about the soup today that, um, that my <laughs> wife left out on the counter for me, you know, and I'm grateful for that soup. I, I just want her to know that. So I don't want to get back to, to her that you know that was just terrible choice of soup um so to be clear we weren't uh dogging the like quality of the soup and like the chef who made it i'm just saying the type of soup not my thing you know what i mean like it might be i'm sure it's a 10 out of 10 relative to that particular kind of soup but that kind of soup goes over my head specifically i'm not that advanced of a soup connoisseur did you get that mom Okay. Um, I think I saved us pretty strongly there, Tony. Like, I mean, you know, we, we were down bad, uh, but I pulled this out. So, yeah, yeah. naturally, that's what you do. Uh, Tony, uh, by the way, Danny, uh, Robbie has said hello to your mother, uh, says Mama Phantom in the chat. And Brandon has actually said hi, Danny's mom. So, um, and Watsamata, though, says, yeah, they were bagging on the suit. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Uh, but also, maybe we're sorry, Danny's wife. You know what I mean? Because she's the one who made the soup. So, like, you know, head, just heads up. Tony, do you feel bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate home cooking, so I'm never going to talk bad about somebody's food. Um, okay, let's get out of here. Um, and as we do, Tony, I would like you to um, pretend you are the Dallas Cowboys version of Big Dom. Um, and... Uh. Act as if Darius Slay is messing with CD Lamb out of bounds, and you're right there. So, so Tony's coming in. It's a child-friendly show. I mean, yeah, like I, I need you to PG-13 it up, but like <laughs> I, I want you to kind of put us in your headspace, like what you would be thinking, like what your processing would be, and then tell us what you would tell Darius Slay. If I was Big Dom? No, you're Tony in, in this case. Oh, you know what I mean? Big you're, Tony. You're, you're, Two tone Tony, you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're ready to rock, and you're in, you're the big dom of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm saying I had a big dom, I had a big dom impression ready to go, but I don't well, know. Well, you, you this know. is your, it can be whatever you want. Like yeah. this is well, your. We're both Italian, so it's probably Do not it. all that different. But hey, 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 oh, 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 wait a minute, hey, hey, calm down now, brother. <laughs> That's it. This guy's coming from CD for CD Lamb, and you're just like. Calm down, brother. That's all you got for us, Tony? Yeah, Dude, that's all you say to him. He's face. coming after one of the best receivers in the NFL. Calm down, brother. That's all you throw. Yeah, and then he's going to poke me in the eye like um, like Greenlaw did. So I'm good. Wow. <laughs> that was the new security. <laughs>